Alrighty, hello everyone and welcome back to the Reformed Dissenters, the show where Reformed Christians, that would be, you know, myself and my fellow crewmates and castmates, dissent against popular ideas of culture by asserting a biblical worldview. Thank you so much for watching us or listening to us today. My name is Bruce Johnson. I'm joined here in the wonderful state of South Dakota with my good friend Joseph Lasseter. Hello. We're also joined by my brother Jacob Johnson back in Pennsylvania. Someone is really pumped today, and hello, everyone. <laughs> I have no idea who that could be, um, but yes, there's excitement, so I'm excited. Are what you Are you, are excited you guys excited? For? I don't know. Yeah. It's just, what are you? It's a good day. It's a good day. It's a good, good day. Yeah. Good this day. is our Wednesday episode. We've got some fun stuff to talk about. I'm I'm pumped. Um, I, would, I would literally sing a song right now. For <laughs> <laughs> hey, it would sing be a country song. song. Sing a song. Country song. Oh, song. boo. Then you can't sing it. That's not okay. No. Country songs no. are not... Not okay on my show, Joe. Not on this show. All right. Go to trdshow.net. That's where you can find a list of links to all of our awesome platforms that, you know, are pro First Amendment. We got kicked off of YouTube. I don't know if you all heard that, but uh, episode four, YouTube didn't like it because, you know, we showed that Trump won and they don't like to admit that. So, anywho... We're probably going to be getting some more warnings. So before you can no longer consume our content on platforms that love communism and hate free speech, go to trdshow.net. Go to rumble.com. Follow us on Rumble. Don't follow us on YouTube. Go to Rumble. If you right now are subscribed to us on YouTube, first of all, you know, thank you. We really do appreciate that. But also, you know, we would thank you even more if you could see the rest of our content, which is on rumble.com. So TRD, trdshow.net links up on the screen right now go to trdshow.net click on our rumble link watch us on rumble don't watch us on youtube watch us on rumble you'll also get emails about our content if you subscribe you know so you'll get emails delivered every time we up, upload an episode so you'll know when we have new episodes i mean that's cool youtube doesn't do that come on doesn't get any better than that send us an email at trdshow at protonmail.com we would love to hear your thoughts on you know, what we've said. But today we're talking about God and Government, Volume 2 by Gary DeMar. We're talking about Chapter 8. We're talking about biblical economics. We're talking about all sorts of stuff. And I've said that phrase three times. So I'm going to stop saying that. For the rest of this show, I'm not going to say that phrase that I just said. We're, said? Ta we're talking about. Shoot, I just it? said it. Dang it. Oh. Dang it. <laughs> you made me say it, Joe. All right. Uh, but before we get to all of that, I'm going to pass it on over to Jake, who is actually going to talk about our verse for this week. Take it away. Yeah, and our verse this week can be found in Isaiah 1, 22 through 23, and it reads, Your silver has become dross, and your best wine mixed with water. Your princes are rebels and companies of thieves. Everyone loves a bribe and runs after gifts. They do not bring justice to the fatherless, and the widow's cause does not come to them. And again, that is Isaiah 1, 22 through 23. Awesome. Thank you very much, Jake. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I, this verse, I think this was actually mentioned in Gary DeMar's chapters. What I've been doing actually this month is he just lists so many great... Uh, verses. So I tend to kind of pull some of our verses for the week from uh, from his chapters that we read just because it's really good. It's applicable to what we're talking about. And I figured it's good to kind of shine a light on some of these verses that maybe we haven't heard about before or we have, but maybe in a different context. So I'm kind of drawing some of these from there. So yeah, this Isaiah chapter 1, 22 through 23, we talked a lot more about that on our Monday episode. So if you missed that, 
go ahead, you know, go back and check it out, especially if it's on a Pro First Amendment platform like Rumble or Gab TV. That would be really cool. All right, let's move into our literature segment. And, you know, I, I kind of just want to kick off our discussion um, with a warning, right? And this is a warning from Gary DeMar, and I thought this was super applicable, really good way to kickstart some stuff. This is from page 353. Um, Gary DeMar said, failure to follow God's economic laws results in disaster for individuals, families, corporations, and nations, end quote. So, I'm also going to be bringing up an example that he brought up from um, Germany, the Great Germany Inflation, 1914 through 1923. And I mean, you, you have to look no further than the 1920s. I mean, honestly, look at what happened in Venezuela. There are so many, I mean, just countless thousands of examples throughout history of, of this exact thing. Failure to follow God's economic laws results in disaster for families, individuals, corporations, and nations. This is vital that we're first of all, that we know what God's word and what God's economics laws are, what God's word says about economics. And second of all, that we're actually following those laws, right? So this this is really, really important. So before I move on, Jake, Joe, anything that you guys would like to add to the discussion of the importance or the, the historical significance of following these economic laws? Well, I mean, running along the same lines, same on the same page, we find, um, again, page 353, um, the quote, if families or nations fail to honor the word of God as the standard of economics, they must evaluate their economic decisions on the basis of practical results. Mm. And, and that, um, Gary DeMar goes on to define practical results as is also what is considered pragmatism. Mm. And to which he goes on further on to page uh, 354 and says, Pragmatism can never match the absolute mandates of scripture. Therefore, entire nations can can be crippled when biblical economic laws are ignored. Mm. So, yeah, yeah, if we're not, again, like you were saying, if we're not following biblical economic laws, nations will crumble and it's, it, it is never, can never match the absolute mandates of scripture. Yep, yep. Using, Absolutely. using, so pragmatism, just for those who don't understand or know what that means, it's basically um, using the results. So just testing out, just saying, okay, let's try this and see what, where it gets us, or let's try this and see where it gets us. That's, that's pragmatism or um, practical results. Mm. And it, as he said, pragmatism can never match the absolute mandates of scripture. Yes. Awesome. Oh. Just trying things out willy nilly, which right. is what we think we can do, you know, without repercussions, we can just try out, oh, let's, hey, let's try out this system I just came up with. And, um, said Karl Marx. And, yeah. <laughs> and then you end up with horrendous results. I mean, I think he listed in the last chapter, just millions, millions of people have died because of these, these sorts of ideas, right? Communism, Marxism, socialism, because of those things where, where men relied on their own understanding, which is what we, you know, we talked against, spoke very strongly against that, I think in February, when we read through Greg Bonson's book, Always Ready, not leaning on your own understanding. When you do that in the economic realm, you get things like Marxism 
and socialism and communism because you're just trying things out. You know, hey, I'm the ultimate standard after all, so let me just try out some stuff, see what happens. That pragmatism that Jacob's talking about there. So awesome. Dude, thanks so much for bringing that up. That's a really, really good point to make. Uh, Joe, anything you'd like to add before I get into the um, Germany inflation? No. Okay. Cool. Okay, well, this is a bit of a big paragraph, but I'm going to have it up on screen. I'm also going to read through it because it's really important, and I think we need to know this. We need to remember this because, you know, I've, I've had discussions with a lot of people, and some of them are just, they just don't know that communism truly has been tried before. They'll be like, well, it's never really been tried. No, no, it it has. Well, inflation, you know, we just, we don't really know. Let's try it. You know, how can you say that that would be wrong? We have no idea. Uh, yeah, we know. There are thousands of examples throughout history if you take the time to study them. So I want to bring up this example from Germany, 1914 through 1923. So here we go. It's up on screen. Here's Gary DeMar's quote from page 353. For example, the great German inflation, again, 1914 through 1923, was very effective in the short run. The inflation policies of the uh, Weimar... I think I'm saying that right. Weimar, Weimar, Weimar. Weimar Republic benefited a large number of German farmers who were able to pay off their debts with the lower valued markets. The long-term effects, however, were disastrous. Near the end of the infl- inflationary, inf- yep, I said it right, <laughs> inflationary period from July to December 1923. And then he quotes uh, Donald uh, Kenmer. Kemmer, Kemmer's book, Reflections on the Great German Inflation, he quotes from that book at this next part, prices spiraled upward into the wild blue yonder as small change banknotes of 100,000 marks, 25 cents, in July were succeeded by 1 million mark notes in August. Likewise, 25 cents to be followed in time by 1 billion mark notes in the late September, and finally 1 trillion mark notes in early November. It was taking the efforts of 30 paper mills. I'm going to repeat this bit because this is absolutely bonkers. It took the efforts of 30 paper mills and 200 printing presses working continuously to produce the money fast enough, end quote. I mean, this is probably one of the most extreme examples of this, (laughs) but just how quickly it went downhill within a matter of years. I mean... Gary DeMar um, also balanced this out by saying that it may not be as quick as that. That that was an example of how quickly it can. This is like worst case scenario. Well, not exactly worst case, but one of the worst case scenarios. Another thing that he mentioned on page 353 was that it could be slow, but that's actually can be worse because you don't see the immediate disastrous effects. He said um, on page 53 that the effects of poor money management are not readily seen on the national level. Um, While a reminder notice may be sent in 30 days to a family because of an overdue account, it may take decades before a national government gets its overdue notice in the form of inflation and or depression. So, on that cheery note, let's continue. (laughs) Since we were talking about inflation... Yeah! I like to... I'm a stats person. I love to give stats. Do it. Um, if I'm not mistaken, I learned this in my psychology class, which got me wanting to look bum, into bum, this bum. more. Uh, yeah, my <laughs> psychology class, uh, nice. human relations class, I should, um, oh, be clear on interesting. that. Um, which by the way, 
you just graduated yesterday, so I did. you know, round of applause. Well, I think okay, is I graduated on Saturday. <laughs> oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry. This Saturday. is our Wednesday show. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> yeah. Nice, um, nice job. So we learned about the fall of Enron, and what really took into my, um, what really keyed my eye in the film is there was a guy that took out a three hundred dollar. Alcohol. I don't remember if it was brandy, whiskey, hmm. or or whatever. But in in the scene, he made mention that it was a three hundred dollar um some form of alcohol. And wow. I decided, okay, let's take a look at what three hundred dollars back in two thousand three compared to today would be. So three hundred three hundred dollars back in two thousand three is worth to today uh, is worth today. It's four hundred and seventy-one dollars and thirty-seven cents. Wow! And that's a six point. We're currently at a six point six nine percent inflation. Wow! Wow! Well, that's uh, that's a comforting thought, isn't it? Uh, yeah. It was. It was funny to me actually reading through, and I don't know if if you guys also uh, thought the same way or kind of you know had the same thought, but you know reading through this. I was just like, oh my goodness, this is extremely providential for what we're going through right now. Mm-hmm. The article I read on Monday was, you know, about the inflation and their answer as a reminder. Their answer was, let's steal more money. That'll fix it, yeah. right? I think so many times when you don't have a biblical understanding of economics, you don't have a biblical understanding of how things are supposed to work in a society. You're not kingdom oriented. You kind of just make stuff up as you go along and you come up with some crazy stuff. So, you know, this kind of segues us, I think, pretty well into our next topic, which is the gold standard. On page 356, you know, Gary DeMar said civil governments cannot be trusted to maintain a sound monetary policy without restraints. History shows us that the gold standard was the stabilizing force behind a sound monetary policy, end quote. So you want to talk about civil government not being trusted which, by the way, was the original founding fathers' intentions, was, hey, don't trust us. <laughs> don't trust the civil government because we're people too. We're fallen human beings. I mean, our, the heart is desperately wicked. Who can know it, right? Don't trust any human with unlimited amounts of power. Don't trust them. Do not give them that power. So the gold standard is one of the best ways of keeping our civil government in confines if we're talking about economic policy, you have to work within it because what is the what's the most important thing about gold? It's limited, right? It is a limited, yeah. there's a set amount of it. It's extremely rare. You can't just print more of it, right? <laughs> gold, silver, and diamonds. Gold. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So page 360, Gary DeMar kind of fleshed this out even more and I will open up the floor in a second. I'm really sorry. I feel like I'm talking a lot, but I'll open it up in a second. (laughs) Quit it, Bruce. (laughs) Sorry, Joe. Page 360, Gary DeMar said, by taking a nation off of the gold standard and using paper money um, instead, governments can accomplish political goals, but with the disastrous results that follow. Uh, I'm sorry, but disastrous results, right, will follow. All a government must do to fund its programs is print more, and then he puts it in quotes, money. 
right? Since the paper standard cannot be regulated because the gold standard has been eliminated, governments can print all the money, in quotes, that they need. Over a period of time, however, the purchasing power of the dollar decreases because there is an abnormal increase in the money supply without an equal increase in goods. And we actually, uh, end quote, we had that definition up on screen on uh, our Monday episode, right? You need to have if the money increases, you also need an increase in goods because in a free market, that's how it works. If there's more money going around, that probably means that there's more goods going around too, right? If there's more gold being passed, then that means there must be things that that gold is being passed around for, right? That's how bartering works. <laughs> uh, otherwise, it's just stealing. All right. Let me open up the floor. Is there anything you guys would like to add? I have two more kind of big quotes about the gold standard, but maybe there's some stuff that you'd like to interject about the gold standard before we move on to broad biblical economic principles. I'm trying to find a bunch of uh, countries that have done what's called a, let's see, it's called a hyper, hyper inflation. Mm. Um, and that's where they, they were in charge of printing their own money <laughs> and yep. they just printed more and more and more. And then guess what? Their, their dollar value wasn't worth their dollar value anymore. It actually just tanked, and yep. then um, their, their country fell. Yeah. I, I don't have a lot of articles that I have to look it up right at, a, at this moment. But I, I have learned and had conversations in my classes outside of class time about how countries have printed their own money, mm. and then their economy fell, and then they, they just weren't a country anymore. Yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. crazy. That's why we can't print our money. <laughs> exactly. I yeah. I personally think it would be better if we had if we hired like Europe or other another country to print our money for us because then they are holding our standard. But that kind of goes down. Then we're to now the, accountable to them. Mm, like, then mm-hmm. we're more accountable to them. But it keeps us from hyper. Hey, here's a thought. We just go back to the gold standard. Yeah, yeah. there you go. <laughs> I'm just talking about printing our money in general. Yeah, it, yeah. It, for the for the other argument of how about we printing money itself, I I personally think our bet, our country would be better off if another country was to continue printing our money rather than hmm. we print our money. That's I, again I kind of get not, where you're going. Not but going to the gold standard. That's just yeah. If it's like if a, it's like um, saying we're gonna cut back on the government schools instead of eradicating them because we can't just eradicate them now but we're going to work towards it right mm-hmm. so the the goal is the gold standard we can't get there tomorrow so we got to start somewhere yep um yeah gotta take it's baby an interesting steps. it's an interesting thought interesting mm-hmm. thought i i don't know that that would i think that would be an even further step in the wrong direction because what we're trying to avoid here is world economic forum we're trying to avoid united nations we're trying to avoid this huge centralization aspect right and so when you start to outsource things you start to give a lot of that power to other countries, which I think leads us down a very dangerous path. I think we're currently in that path for the simple fact that everything is measured up to the American dollar. That's why China's trying to get everything to measure up to the ying, 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 ying. But all the oil prices, it's not in, in European, it's not in pounds, it's not in ying, it's all of countries look up to our economic status and they they, they measure used to up. They <laughs> starting to do that less and less now but they're yes. trying to get away from that yeah yeah and, and make yeah. another overreach but we kind of have that 
idea and thought process. Right. But here, I'm sorry, Jake, I know you want to say something. I'll definitely open it up in a second. You know, I think we forget about why. Why did other countries used to look at us as the example? Mm -hmm. Why? Why in less than 200 years? Brand new country, right? Baby, little baby country, right? Little baby U.S. country exploded into what it did and became one of the top world powers. Why? Because who was on our side? Sunday school answer. God, right? (laughs) God was on our side because we were following his law. We were following his word. We had a society that was based on his foundation. And so because of that, we had his blessing. We don't have that anymore because our churches don't have that. Our churches have thrown his word out the window. We were the land of opportunity. Yeah, for a reason. That that didn't just happen. There was no magical, you know, that was because of the word of God. That was because God, we were in his favor. So in in, in imperfect, like, example of what we're talking about in a city on a hill that yeah we became a city on a hill for a very short period of time but yeah yeah we, we saw it for yeah. a glimpse we, we had the glimpse. prosperity that the nations around israel were jealous for for so yeah. long and then they lost it too right so right yep you wanted to add something jake before we moved on um, no, not really. I, I did, I did want to talk about you. You took my quote on, um, on, uh, page 360, but, um, I wanted to go even further on, uh, talking about the debate, um, talking about on, uh, page, uh, 356, there we go, 356, um, and where Gary DeMar says, the debasement or the watering down of commodities is a reason for judgment. Mm. And then even further finding um, this quote on page 362, where Gary DeMar says, Today's silver coins are made from an alloy of 75% copper and 25% nickel, bonded yeah. to a core of pure copper. Yep. That is yep. no longer silver. And if I remember correctly, I think he put silver in quotes. You know, like right. silver yeah. coins. There's no silver in them. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah, that's a really good point. And yeah, that was one of the quotes I had under um, the category of biblically just economic principles. Right. These are general guiding principles that we can draw from Scripture. So yeah, the debasement or watering down of commodities is a reason for justice. And then, um, you know, he listed, and that's actually the verse that I pulled from for this week, Uh, Isaiah chapter one, verses 21 through 22, you know, that was judgment was when you see that when we start to have women leadership, because there aren't men able to step into those positions. When you start to get uh, taxation over 10%, when you start, you know, all of these things start adding up and you start to realize, oh, shoot, we, um, yeah, we're in judgment now. This is not, this is not good. This, we should not be comfortable. (laughs) We shouldn't just be like, well, whatevs. I guess it's got to get worse before it can get better. I guess that just means Christ is coming back soon. It's like, no, God is calling you to wake up, get back to work. This is supposed to make you uncomfortable. This is judgment for a reason. He's saying, hey, um, I mean, short of wiping us off the face of the planet, uh, <laughs> he's essentially saying, huge wake up call here. You you should know the signs. If you're truly studying the word of God, you should know the signs of yep. the time and wake up and get back to work. You look like you have something to say, Joe. Yeah, yeah. I'm, again, statistic guy. Go ahead. I have to look things up. Um, so kind of going on what Jake was saying about coins having 
silver in them. Um, back in the U.S., anything that was from 1964 and earlier, like the dimes, quarters, and half dollars, they those all um, had ninety percent contained ninety percent of silver. Hmm. And then um, prior to what? Prior to 1964. Wow. And then recently. from 1965 to 1970, they were they still had silver, but they only had up to 40% in silver. Wow. And then 1971, they contained no silver. Wow. And that's crazy. A little that's crazy. a little more history because I'm a coin guy. Um, oh yeah, that's right. You collect coins. I forgot. I kind of I kind of do. Bit. I don't I don't collect a lot, um, but I like to find some interesting ones. Yeah. Um, but along on the the quarter. The dime, the quarter of the dime, the half dollar, and the dollar. No, scratch that. The dollar didn't have it, I don't think. But the the dime, the qu- quarter, and the half dollar, They the reason why they have the ridges on the outside of the oh, coins. Oh, yeah, that was really is, interesting. Is because that was where they, the main part of their silver was. Yeah. So when people wanted to forge their own money, they would be mm. able to see the 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 um, the grooves on the side of the coin to know if it was mm. um, cut, cut or, not, or, or taken. Yeah, yeah. Because if it if it didn't have any grooves, it means it was taken. Uh, somebody took wow. all that silver off. That is really interesting. Really yeah. interesting. Cool. It's amazing when sharing. you can get into economics yeah. and <laughs> use your um, skills. For yeah. Something that yes, never would have thought come up. Yes, indeed. There you go. Thanks for bringing it up, Joe. Mm-hmm. Very cool. Um, all right. So I've got three other principles or three other quotes here that uh, that introduce some principles that I want to discuss. Um, and uh, we've got about five minutes left, so I'll try and get through these as quickly as possible. But from page 363, on page 363, Gary DeMar said, The authority that the Bible puts in the hands of civil government... Uh, civil governments is the ministry of justice Romans 13 5 through 3 I'm sorry 3 through 5 <laughs> backwards uh, math is hard uh, justice in economic matters means to ensure just weights and measures and then he quotes uh, let's see this is Leviticus 19 35 through 36 you shall do no wrong in judgment in measure of weight or capacity you shall have just balances just weights a just effa which is volume, and a just hin, which is also volume. I am the Lord, your God. And again, that's Leviticus 19, 35 through 37. So just weights and measures. Having um, weights and measures that are not just arbitrary or um, completely up to a centralized civil government, uh, like our current government, our current system, right? Where they can just print as much as they want with seemingly no short-term side effects. (laughs) And then... Long times, long-term side effects are disastrous, but it's like, oh, right now, hey, you know, we got to pay for this new stupid program where we're going to test, I don't know, frogs in a bog or something. So let's, uh, that's that's the thing. I know you laugh, but that's the thing. <laughs> it's literally one of the things is like, oh, we're, oh, yeah, we were testing frogs in some obscure bog in North America. So, you know, were we also comforting. Millions of with- dollars went to frogs. We were also playing with monkeys yeah. with Fauci. We've done it all. We have done it all. That is for sure. I, I think wasn't it for trans? They were doing the transgender. Th- oh what yeah, yeah, call yeah. It, with yeah. Fauci. Fauci yeah, that's was true. the one that yep. allocated several million dollars yep. to that. Yeah. Yep. 
Because they can. Because now there is no standard. They get to do whatever the heck they want. They are the big bully in charge. Especially if they're printing that money. Yes. And meanwhile, meanwhile, this isn't just like a frivolous, oh, man, it's too bad. They did it with frogs. Oh, well. No, 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 no. Every time they do this, they're stealing from us. They are stealing. They are breaking one of the Ten Commandments when they do this. This is a big, big deal. Inflation is a sin. This is a big, big deal. This isn't just some frivolous, like, oh, well, it's an economic idea. I guess it didn't work out. No, 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 no. The Bible is clear on this. This is wrong. This is not justice. There are no, it needs to be just weights and measures. All right. Moving into my third quote. Jake, did you have something to add? I'm sorry. I feel like I cut you off. Um, well, are you still talking about, um, just weights and measures? Um, yes, sort of. Okay. Then, <laughs> then you can continue on. Let me okay. know before we move on right. to the next Sounds topic. Good. Sounds good. Sounds good. All of this kind of goes like hand in hand. So it is hard to figure out where one ends and the other, you know. Anywho, um, page 363, Scary Demar said, Civil authorities have a duty to punish those who break economic laws, such as counterfeiting, theft, broken contracts, false advertising, etc. If these sins continue, the failure of the nation... Get this, this is important. If these sins continue, the failure of the nation is in jeopardy. Future. <laughs> that makes more sense. The failure of the nation. No. Future of the nation is in jeopardy. And greater governmental control arises so these things are important and this is part of the civil government's duty as the justice division of society right all right go ahead jake uh yeah so before we move on to the next topic i would like to list out a couple of verses that that may have been mentioned but also that speak to this topic for those who either want to use this as helpful resources in talking with other people about this subject or who just haven't been convinced of uh, what we're talking about. And um, these verses would be Leviticus 19, 35 through 37, and Ezekiel 45, 9 through 10, Deuteronomy 25, 13 through 14. So awesome. just for those who want to go ahead and do their own research and look at those yeah. verses, it, it talks about this um, this idea of just waste weights and measures that's great and that it that it's in the hands of the ministry ministry of justice which you can find also in romans 13 3 through 5 yep yep there you go yeah that's really good and all of those also were up on screen or at least the references so definitely look those up that's good jake Cool. Well, you know, there's a lot more we could talk about. Unfortunately, we are at time. Um, but uh, Gary DeMar talked a lot about inflation, talked a lot about debt. Um, so, you know, I just want to bring this up because this is an important thing when we're talking about debt. The Christian is to avoid debt. This is from page mm -hmm. 366. The reason for the prohibition is clearly stated. The rich rules over the poor, and the borrower becomes the slave's, I'm sorry, the lender's slave. The rich rules over the poor, and the borrower, the person who's borrowing, becomes the lender's slave. Proverbs 22, 7. Debt is something a Christian should avoid. It is something you should take seriously, and really seriously try to avoid. Um, debt is not just something that affects you. Debt is something, and um, Gary Demar talked about this at length in his book, it, it affects kingdom work. 
It affects your ability to pass money that you've earned that you should pass to your children. If it, it means you may not have the money to pass to your children. Worse than that, it means you may actually be starting your children out at a deficit, starting your children out in the red, in negative numbers here, because now they got to pay back your debt, right? So debt is important. Now, I, I understand in, in our current day and age, it's extremely hard to uh, stay out of debt, which is by design. You have to know that's by design. They want people in debt because they can control them easier that way. Um, but biblically speaking, this is from page 366, Gary DeMar said, debt is restricted to six years and multiple indebtedness is prohibited. So you can't go into multiple, can't be like, oh, I'm going to get a car and a house and a this and a new TV and go into debt for all of those things. That That's not allowed. That's not okay. This is taken from Deuteronomy 15, 1, chapter 6, and also Exodus 22, verses 26 through 27. So it's restricted to six years. Okay, this does several things. First of all, it means you can't be in debt for more than six years. Like legally, it's cut off. It's done. This also means that no lender is going to give out money that is a massive amount that you can't pay back in six years, which means that debt for like $250,000, which you pay back over the course of 15 or 30 years, no lender is going to give you that, which means economically speaking, if there is no supply, demand is going to go down. I'm sorry. If there's no demand, they don't have the money for that. They can't pay for it. Supply is going to change and it's going to go down to meet demand. So what this means is that we would have far lower housing prices, car prices, so many things would be lower and less because no lender is going to give out something that someone can't pay back in six years. It's the same thing with insurance, right? If insurance is insanely high, hospitals are going to charge to meet that, that high rate of charge, which means that now you have astronomical hospital bills that you can't pay without insurance, which is not good. <laughs> if we took away the insurance system, hospital prices would go back down because they have to meet the people that they're selling to. Right now we're in an artificial market for houses, cars, anything that involves income like that, a guaranteed money that doesn't rule, doesn't rely on the laws of supply and demand that are in a natural free market system. So we're kind of in an artificial system here. And based on this verse, uh, multiple verses, Deuteronomy 15 uh, verse one, Deuteronomy chapter six, Exodus 22 verses 26 through 27, all of this could be avoided if we simply followed biblical principles of economics. All right. Anything y'all want to add before we wrap up today? Uh, yeah. Before, Go ahead, Jake. So, so Bruce mentioned Proverbs 22, 7. He also mentioned Deuteronomy 15, 1 and 6, and also Exodus 22, 26 through 27. Again, those are, those are verses talking about against debt. But also, there are three other verses which talk about this as well, and those can be found in Deuteronomy 28, 43 through 44, Romans 13, 8, and Exodus 21, 1 and 6. So those are some other verses that if you're, again, not convinced of, of what we're saying, those are more verses to look up. And also, if you want to share with other people, you can also look up those to show them that as well. Yes. Awesome. Dude, thanks for listening that. That is great. All right. Well, that's going to do it. I think uh, I think that was a that was a good episode. That was really mm -hmm. good stuff. Um, thank you all so so much for joining us. Don't forget 
Um, go to trdshow.net, and that's where you can find a list of links to all of the many platforms we're on that actually, you know, are okay with free speech and won't take down your content because it doesn't agree with their agenda. I'm looking at you, YouTube, who deleted number four, our episode number four, in case you missed it. Go to rumble.com. Go to Odyssey. Go to Gab TV. Go to Gab. Go to Getter. All of these places. By the way, it's hard to find those links, maybe. Go to trdshow.net. It's all there. Just click the links on our platform, and uh, you'll find links to all of the other platforms we're on. So, also, we want to hear emails from you. We want to hear from you. Send us an email at trdshow at protonmail.com. Looking forward to hearing from you, and we will see you in the next episode. And remember, everyone, in all that you do, do as unto the Lord. 